I have a quote that I really like and I actually have it on my desk. And every time I have self-doubt, I look at it and it, this is it. It's accept and acknowledge your own brilliance. Stop waiting for others to tell you how great you are. Believe it for yourself and about yourself. And I love that quote because if you own what you're good at, then you'll be successful. Welcome to the Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that empowers professional women to rise. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And in this show, I take you undercover into the stories and lessons that I learned, sometimes the hard way, throughout my career. I also talk with working women, leaders, and coaches to show you that no matter what your struggle is and no matter what your career goals are, you already have all the talent that you need to succeed. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. It is so good to be talking to you. I'm so excited about today's episode. And I wanted to open this quick intro with a question to you. And it's a little bit of a rhetorical question. I think I know what the answer is. But the question is, do you want something more for your career? Do you want to advance and rise up and get to more senior positions and grow your responsibility and grow your salary and progress up towards the top? There's a good chance that if you're listening to the show in some way, shape, or form, the answer to that question is yes. But if I were to ask you if you feel 100% confident and secure in your ability to do that, there's a good chance that your answer might be, I'm not sure, or it might even be no. And it's super, super, super common to struggle with self-doubt and to question whether we have what it takes to achieve the things that we really want to achieve. And this is normal. And it's something that a lot of women feel and a lot of women struggle with. And it's a huge reason why I started this show. And I know something that I struggled with in my early career. And if you've listened to episode one, you might be familiar with this, but I was very, very shy. It was very hard for me to be a part of the conversation. It was very uncomfortable for me to be heard in front of large groups of people. I really, really struggled with that. And it took some time for me to feel okay and for me to feel comfortable and then even confident having a big presence and sharing my voice and speaking up. And that kind of inspired the title for the show, The Art of Speaking Up, because I realized how many other women felt the same way and also how hard it can make it for us to feel good and for us to confidently take steps forward in our careers when we struggle to believe in the power of our own voice and when we struggle to be comfortable using our voice. And if you ever struggle with speaking up, if you don't always feel brave, if you don't always feel bold, and if you don't always feel confident, what I want you to know is that is okay. I want you to understand that that's not going to block you from moving forward. And I want you to understand that you can both evolve to strengthen your voice over time and as a result, move towards the things that you want professionally. 
And you can do it in a way that's authentic to you and a way that feels good because it's not about changing who you are. We all have different ways of showing up in the world and different ways of communicating. And you don't necessarily need to morph and contort yourself into like this vision that we're sometimes shown of this like big, bold, powerful woman who's ruling the company and ruling the world. Like, that's not the only way to be powerful and the only way to have influence and the only way to affect change and be successful. There are so many ways. And I am so excited for you to meet today's guest, Sarah, because a lot of this conversation is about her career journey, how she's moved up the ranks. She's now VP level at a very well-respected and well-known company, but she wasn't super outgoing when she started her career. And she even often struggled to have a voice in in certain situations, but that didn't prevent her from growing and evolving into a very successful and powerful and influential leader in her company and in her career overall. And this conversation is all about her story. So if you are someone who struggles to have a voice, if you struggle to believe in your voice, if you struggle to speak up, if you get uncomfortable sharing your ideas, whether it's in a small meeting or a huge presentation, if you feel afraid and you're trying to build courage and you're trying to figure out how to move through that. I think that this conversation will help you and inspire you. And it is filled with so many interesting and useful pieces of information that we can all draw upon to step into a bolder version of ourselves. I am so excited for you to meet Sarah. I'm so excited for you to hear her story. And with that, I'm going to get into the conversation and I'll catch you at the end. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure. I'm Sarah Gattas, and I work as a vice president of finance at a major Hollywood film studio. I've been there about 10 years now. So my accent is a little funny. I'm from England, and I grew up there in a village of 400 people, very tiny, and a farming community. Then I went to school in Manchester, and I did a French degree there. After that, I wasn't really sure what the heck I was going to do with a French degree, so I ended up going to business school to do a postgraduate certificate in international business. And that is what kind of got me on the path towards accounting and finance. So I really enjoyed it. And so I ended up working for a big global consulting firm as a, an auditor after my postgrad work. So that was in England. I was there in Cambridge, England for three years. After three years, I was kind of like, Oh, do I really? Is this it? Like, I want something more. I don't really know if I like this. Maybe I'll quit my job and do something else. But then I realized, you know, I work for a global firm. There has to be other opportunities here. So I kind of did a lot of goal setting and figured out what my values were. And I really like being creative because as part of my degree, I studied French film, French literature. So I was thinking, how can I create, you know, merge my creative side with my analytical side? So I was like, I could work in the entertainment industry. That would be perfect. So once I had that goal, it popped up to me an opportunity to go and work in the Los Angeles office in the entertainment practice of the company I worked for. So I said to my managers, hey, there's this opportunity. I'd like to explore it. And they were kind of like, okay. You know, so it was a two-year initial rotation. 
I went over to LA, I'd never been to the US in my life before, got on that plane and um, landed, got to work the next Monday and the rest is history. I've never gone back to England. I worked then at the consulting firm for another four years in Los Angeles on some major entertainment clients here. And, and then after that, again, still not really feeling like that was the right place for me. And so I found the opportunity where I work now <laughs> at the film studio. So kind of that's been my progression over the last 17 years of my career. I think that's very empowering that you took a minute to stop when you were feeling like you sensed dissatisfaction and you weren't feeling totally fulfilled. And you took that time to say, like, what do I want and what do I have to do to get there? I think that that's a very empowering thing to do, especially because I think it's very common for people to have that feeling of like, this is it or this isn't the right thing. And I think a lot of times when people feel that feeling, it feels overwhelming and it kind of feels confusing in terms of like, how do I get out of this feeling? Like, what do I do next? So if there is anyone who's kind of feeling like I'm not necessarily in the right place, but it feels overwhelming for me to figure it out and do what she did and kind of find that perfectly fitting next step. Is there anything that you would advise to someone who relates to that, who's in that situation? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, something I've done throughout my career. I mean, that wasn't the only time it came up, right? And it's been, like you said, pausing, taking a reflection on what's important to me. What's my values? And honestly, my values have never been about money. It's always been about what excites me. I am making a good salary now, but that's not been my primary goal. So it's always been about what what do I want? What do I want my life to be like? What fits for me? And taking that reflection on things. And, you know, it's been points in my career where I'm at currently where I've also felt dissatisfied or should I leave and you know it's just waiting it out and seeing I guess putting it out there in the universe like when I felt dissatisfied I expressed that to my bosses I said you know I feel kind of restless but I really love it here I like the company but I'm looking for something different and I can't wave a magic wand and the next day something's going to change but then they are aware of what you're looking for. And when opportunities come up, they can think of you. And that's how I've managed to move about in my career because I've put out there what I want and then people understand what you want and then they can find the opportunities for you. So I think that's a really important thing to do. Speaking up, which is the title of this podcast. But yeah, speaking up really is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's encouraging to see examples of people who felt dissatisfied and were able to really find something that worked because that's what everybody wants. Everyone, we all want to be happy in our jobs. And I want to go back to your early career Mm -hmm. and talk a little bit about what was most challenging for you when you were first starting out. Okay. So, I mean, I was a pretty shy person and accounting is great because you're set at a computer, but the career I chose in accounting requires you to actually talk to people. In consulting, I would be speaking to CFOs, controllers. I was in my early 20s and I had no clue what I was talking about. And I just didn't feel confident at all. So that was really hard. I had to give presentations at work. I hated that. When I was at college, I would kind of like avoid giving presentations. But at work, I mean, you can't just skip work. You have to be there and you have to present. So just push through that. I hated networking events because I didn't like 
going and talking to a bunch of people I didn't know. So that was really hard. You know, there's a difference between being shy and an introvert, but I'm also an introvert and um, I really found it hard. The way it's set up in consulting is you're in a big room full of like 10 people every day. And while that's really like great because you have smart people that you're working with the same age, that's really great. But it drained me to be in that kind of environment every single day. So there were a few, you know, challenges that I found in my first job out of school. And in terms of becoming more comfortable with networking, with presenting, with being in those environments, because right now you're in a very senior role, and I'm sure that you experience those things very differently. Can you talk about a little bit about the journey from your starting point to where you are now? I was totally shy as a kid and even into my early 30s. Like as a kid, my mom on vacation would try and put me in these like kids clubs and I would be like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I hate it because I didn't like interacting with other people. <laughs> it sounds so antisocial, but I was so shy. I didn't like it. Even when I started out in my career, it was the same thing. But I think what I've had to do is just push myself to feel uncomfortable doing it and just keep doing it. Like I was reading about what being shy is earlier on the, like what's the definition of being shy? And it's the fear of being negatively judged by people, which creates anxiety. So there's two ways you can change that. One, you have to change the thoughts in your head about what the stories are that you're telling yourself about what's going to happen if you get up there and speak. And then the second one is to just keep exposing yourself to doing that thing. So I think it's just been a progression, really, of getting more confidence as I've grown in my career. I was in a, a leadership program where I had to present to all of the senior executives of the organization, as well as the CEO. There's like 50 of them in a room. And that was super nerve wracking. But I didn't have as much anxiety as I used to when I was a lot younger. So it's really been a progression. I would also say in my early 30s, I went through a lot of transformation and did a lot of self-reflection and just became a lot more self-confident about myself. Can you talk a little bit about that time in your early 30s and what you went through and how it played out professionally? Yeah, in my early 30s, I got a divorce and it was a really challenging time, but I did a lot of work around myself at that time to just kind of understand what had gone wrong and, you know, just look at some maybe unresolved issues from my childhood but I guess at work, the way I dealt with that was, I think it actually helped me a little bit because I was so engrossed in what was going on in my personal life that I kind of just forgot about the filter I'd set up for myself. Like, I can't say this, I can't say that. And I just kind of started just talking and just saying whatever came to me. I mean, maybe a bit too much, but it kind of taught me to, you know, I didn't have to be so buttoned up all the time. I could be free to say kind of what I was feeling or or thinking about work, but also the way I dealt with that at work was I allowed myself to be okay with not being 100% focused on my job. And if there were days when I was feeling really upset, I would close the door and just cry. I actually, again, communicated, which, you know, speaking up is so important, but I communicated with my bosses, hey, this is what's going on in my life, because by then I developed a good relationship with them. And if I'm kind of like off the mark or off the ball for a little bit, it's not because I'm not dedicated to my job is because this is happening in my life. When people connect with each other on a personal level, I just strengthens the relationship, even at work. So some of the things that helped me in my early 30s, you know, I did a lot of self-development. I read a lot of self-development books. I had an executive coach. I've been to therapy myself. So you can always improve yourself 
whatever level you're at. So just keep trying to work on yourself, I think is the thing. I think it's so important and it's really special that you're sharing this too, because I think a lot of times we see women who are very successful um, in big roles, big positions, building a fun, fulfilling, rewarding, powerful career, and we don't always see what's on the other side. And so I think a lot of the times if someone is struggling, and I know I've, I've been in this position, you kind of feel alone and you almost feel like you have to hide that. And it's good to know that we're all human. We all go through these things and it's it's okay. And also the ability to shift from, I need to hide all my personal problems and just show up at work. So buttoned up to the people that I work for care about me as a human. And if I'm in a difficult spot, I can actually be open about that. That is really, really powerful. And I think it could feel difficult or scary to get there. But once you are able to get there, you almost feel like this sense, I know for me, and I'd be curious for you, you feel a sense of ease. Like, you know, if something's difficult, you kind of feel like people have your back. And I think as a result, you can actually do better work because you're not feeling so afraid all the time. I think that's 100% true. Like, I think if you develop their relationship and take the time up front to invest in that, then, you know, yeah, your personal life and you can't really separate the two. When there's issues going on in your personal life, and there will be because, you know, nobody's life is perfect, then it helps to have the people that you're with eight hours a day, eight, nine, ten hours a day, that they understand what you're going through. Because we are all human beings. And even the like most senior people in the company, they're all human beings too. They all have a life outside of work. They all have something that they care about outside of work. I wouldn't advocate for going into the office and telling them everything, every single bit, bit, bit of detail about your personal life. Like, you know, you, there's an oversharing. But I think when there's things that are important, I think it's fine. Absolutely. And I also think like, it's not always going to be with everyone. And I think you really have to follow your gut in terms of like, you kind of can feel trust. And you can kind of feel when you're like, okay, I think this is a safe person to share this with. And you have a sense of knowing, I think sometimes we like might get afraid and be like, Oh, no, if I share this, is it going to be too much? But I think we know we kind of know when it's okay. And when it's not okay. And also like just learning to trust that inner wisdom and that inner gauge and know it's going to point us in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. That's so important. Can you share advice for someone who might be struggling with a feeling of I don't belong here? <sighs> That's a tough one. Because I felt that often in my life, like I don't belong or yeah, I don't fit in. I think it's just staying true to your authentic self. I felt like I never fit in at school. And I kind of just struggled through that and just was uncomfortable about it. As I've gotten older, I look at the wisdom and I'm like, it's okay that I wasn't doing what everybody else is doing because I've been really successful and, you know, I have a great life. So it's hard because you can't just wave a magic wand and suddenly be like, oh, yeah, this is me. And, you know, I'm totally fine with it. But I think it's constantly working on, on that and understanding that what makes you different is what makes you unique. And having uniqueness is what helps us to be successful. So I think it's about, you know, celebrating that and really honoring that in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of sometimes fighting your instincts, because I think when we're feeling out of place, I think we might feel this pressure to conform and to hide the uniqueness. And so it can be really scary. And I think it requires courage and confidence to say, um, I trust that I'm going to feel less out of place by just accepting who I am. But it is the way to go. And like, 
it's so exhausting <laughs> to like have like such a mask on. So you you'll only be able to do it for so long anyway, you know, before you're like, oh, I'm so drained. <laughs> and then there's just knowing yourself. Like now I understand, you know, I don't like big parties or I don't like big networking events. And that's okay. It's that's just how I'm built. And yeah, it's not that I'm going to completely avoid them. But if I come away feeling drained or tired, I understand that. Okay, that's just because I'm introverted and I get my energy from being by myself. So just acknowledging that has been really helpful for me. Yeah, I think as women, I think it's a whole journey, both professionally and just in our lives outside of work of getting to know ourselves and our preferences, because I don't think that we're necessarily brought up to focus on our needs. I think a, a lot of our focus is external and everyone else's needs. And then I think, I know like for me, it's now like I'm in my 30s and I'm starting to like focus on what I like and what I want and realizing how much conditioning I have against that and like this idea that it's selfish and all of that stuff. I think it's really important though for all of us to be comfortable with what might feel like a level of selfishness, which I don't think it is. But I think like, it's interesting that I know for me, and I know for a lot of women, it has taken time in our lives to be like, wait, I don't even like this. <laughs> like, like, what am I even doing? <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, it's taken me a long time to, to figure that out, too. And it's still really hard for, to ask for what you want. Like, I still find it hard to really put myself first in a lot of situations. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's uncomfortable at times. And I want to ask you a little bit about career progression and your career progression, particularly moving into bigger roles. I think this can feel, it can feel scary for people. It can feel uncomfortable for people. First of all, I think there's kind of like a fear of like, well, what if I'm not good enough for this? But then also like a worthiness of having the bigger role, having the bigger salary, like having the thing that you might want, but you might struggle to feel like it's for you. Can you share either your experiences with that or um, advice you would have for someone who might be struggling to take up more space and go for something bigger and believe that they're worthy of it? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had that experience when I got offered a role to take on leading a department. So this is the first time I was leading, you know, a department of 10. And it was a new kind of area for me in the company. So I wasn't familiar with that. And it was also one of the more complex areas that I was working in. So this opportunity came up again after I had expressed my interest in doing something different within the organization. This wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but I kind of looked at all the pros and cons of it and I figured out that there were so many more good things about this opportunity than negatives so that's what made me take it and push myself to do it and I'm not gonna say it was easy it was a hard and it was a rough <laughs> year and a half in the, in the beginning but I think that's when you grow and after I did that I felt much more confident that yeah I can lead a team and even though it's hard it's not going to be easy that's what leading a team is about it's figuring out issues and problems and helping them develop so it was it was a challenge for sure did it ever feel uncomfortable like am I like this is a big role this is scary am I is that for me can I do that yeah I think I felt that a lot and I would say I guess this is one of the things I would think about when you're when you're faced with that decision is why are you feeling that way? 
are you doubting that you want this opportunity because you don't think you can do it? Because if that's the reason why you're doubting yourself, then that's not the right reason. If you think this is not the right fit or this is not where I want to go at this point in my career, that's a different reason for making the decision. But I think always when you're faced with that, sit with your gut, the negative voice inside your head that's saying, you're not good enough for this or, you know, you don't know how to do this. Well, you will. You'll figure it out. You just figure it out as you go along. I know there's that, I don't know, you may have like talked about this on your podcast before, but on resume or if women see a job description and they can do like 60%, they'll be like, oh, I don't have all the qualifications to be able to do that job because I can only do 60% of them. But if a guy saw the same thing and he, he can only do like 50%, he'd be like, oh yeah, I know how to do this job. So if you think that it's something that interests you and you have some skills that will allow you to do the job, then I would just go for it. Absolutely. And before we pivot into the next section, I just want to ask you a few more questions. One is about your femininity. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm super interested in this topic of femininity in professional environments. So how do you relate to your own femininity? And then how does that look different or how has it looked different in a work environment? So I think it's something that I try and balance all the time because I think when we go to work and especially as leaders or even any job, you know, any work you require to adhere to deadlines and it's all go, go, go and get stuff done and be productive and as you get more senior, you have to learn to say, no, this isn't going to work. And I think it's hard to then take that energy back home for me with my husband. Not that we don't have an equal kind of relationship. What he loves about me is kind of the fact that I am strong and, you know, have my own opinion. But I do feel that sometimes I personally need to feel more feminine, softer, relaxed, um, so it's trying to get that balance all the time. One way I tried to do it was through work. I I wanted to wear like dresses or skirts because that just made me feel a bit more kind of feminine. And that may sound kind of gender stereotyped, but I think it's just about expressing what feels good for you. Like also as a accountant, I go to these conferences and everybody's wearing gray and black and it's totally boring. But I always kind of tried to add in a bit more fun to it. And I would wear like hot pink tops or brightly colored tops, you know, just injecting kind of your own sort of personality into it however that may manifest I think there is a school of thought that for women to be successful they need to act like a man which I feel is not the right approach I think you know we have unique qualities as women that kind of balance what the men bring to the office you know Typically, again, I'm generalizing, but women can be more empathetic and more nurturing. So I think, you know, those kind of qualities are also vitally important in the workplace. And actually, they've helped me a lot in my career navigating certain challenging times. Like I was in a meeting once and there was a lot of blame being pointed at other people for things going wrong. And I kind of took a step back and I said to one guy, you know, I understand this is a challenging time for everybody but this didn't happen. And then I said on the other side, yes, we could have done this better. So it's it's not about pointing fingers and blaming. It was about using empathy to understand how that person might be feeling stressed. They may not express that, but it's really just trying to understand the other point of view. So that really helped. And it also helped me diffuse a, a heated argument between two more senior executives by just kind of being the middle woman to so to speak to try and kind of hear both points of view so and I also show the kind of nurturing and empathetic side 
of myself with my team. I take an interest in what's going on with them for their career, how they want to develop in their personal lives. I want to help them succeed. I want to give them opportunities where they'll be able to develop. And so I've kind of used my nurturing side to do that at work for both men and women, you know, so. It's so important because the ability to do those things that you're describing is so valuable professionally. It takes like someone who's a skilled person and I think brings them to the next level because it brings a level of leadership that you know when things are difficult or things go wrong. Someone like you or someone with similar traits as you is going to be able to come in and fix things that are very difficult to fix. Like it's harder to fix people challenges than to fix business challenges sometimes because humans were way more complicated than numbers and spreadsheets for humans. And so for people who are that way, I really encourage them to acknowledge that as a major asset and not think that it's not applicable or that it's just all about doing the perfect work and the perfect outputs. Because actually, I think, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well, the more you progress, the more you're needing to bring that in because you're managing large groups of people and the stakes get higher. Yeah, I mean, as you progress, the EQ is so much more important, I think, because you're not really doing the work anymore. You're managing the team and you need to understand the individual personalities and how they operate or how, how they work best in order to get the best out of your team. So I think, you know, when I was more junior, I kind of thought everybody should be doing the same thing. And I got frustrated when they weren't. And as I grew in my career, I understood that people approach things differently. And that's okay. And just try to understand their personality so that I could get the best from them. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to highlight a little bit about what you said about your femininity and kind of finding ways to find balance, because I think that this is very important for women. I think that we're still figuring out this applies in a professional setting and just in life. I think I know I am and I know many women are trying to figure out what our relationship with our femininity is and how does it show up and where and what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And I think it's even these seemingly little things like what do I want to wear at work? What's my communication style? I think it's very important for us to take the time and it might take some time because I think it's hard to uncover this but to figure out what feels authentic what feels right because I think we've been trained especially in a professional environment I think often to show up a certain way and that may or may not feel natural for someone but I think they're gonna show up with a lot more power if they're showing up in a way that's true to them and it might start with a little thing like dressing in a way that feels good and really understanding their preferences and what they like but over time what that means is they're showing up as who they are they're closer to their authentic self and therefore they feel better and they do better work and I think that this is really important for women so that we can kind of pave a way of more communication styles, more personalities, more ways to act, more ways to dress so that people who are looking up to female leaders can see them and feel like there are options and there's diversity and there are different ways to be because I think right now there are just a lot of very singular types of role models and we need that exploration and we need that expression so that we can balance out this traditional a masculine archetype of a leader that I think has been formed over many years of corporate America evolving. Right. I would say, like you said, be your authentic self. And if you're a female and something's never been done before, or you know, you're afraid because nobody else does that, well, just try it. I mean, 
if someone doesn't really doesn't like it or you're crossing some sort of a boundary, like they're going to tell you. But the only way to kind of make change is by being the first person to, to, to start making the change, you know. So I think that's that's really important. Absolutely. And last question before we move into the next section. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you working on now in terms of getting to the next level professionally? Like what's your current focus area? I guess for me, actually, it's kind of rebalancing. Um, you know, I mentioned that I was divorced, I got remarried. So, you know, I have different priorities in my life now. And I'm trying to, to find a balance. I think, like I said earlier, about taking care of myself, you know, I've had some health challenges, and I have to put that first. So it's important for me to not feel guilty about that (laughs) being more important, you know, at this point in my career, or any point in your career, I think you always have to think about yourself first, you know, when you're younger, I think it's important to work hard, and you maybe will work long hours to get ahead if that's what you want. But as you grow, you kind of realize that this is life and life isn't just about work. It's about enjoying your life as well as, you know, doing something that you love too. So I think also I'm toying with like stepping out of my comfort zone and trying something new. I'm actually working on on the side, setting up kind of side project, which is um, I believe like the path to equality is financial equality for men and women we can't get through our lives without having money every day touch it but unfortunately if women are left kind of behind in that conversation you know we earn 80 percent 80 percent of what men earn typically and we pay more for things there's like a pink tax um we tend to spend more on things and also we actually live longer than men so basically we need more money but we're earning less so <laughs> i'm trying to set up a platform to educate and coach women on how to manage their finances and what to look out for in that area so and be more confident about money in general so I have a blog it's at sarahgatas.com so s-a-r-a-h-g-h-a-t-t-a-s.com and then I'm also on Instagram so um, I'd love for you to reach out to me via DM after this podcast if you have questions you want to ask me anything so I'm um, at Sarah J. Gattas, so S-A-R-A-H-J, Gattas, G-H-A-T-T-A-S, and that's on Instagram. So yeah, DM me. Okay, perfect. And I'm going to put your Instagram handle and your website in the show notes. I have a feeling people will want to check you out. I have a feeling you'll get some DMs from people. I'm going to now transition us into the closing questions. The first of the two closing questions is about the name of the show. So the show is called The Art of Speaking Up. And I love to ask every guest what that means to them and why they believe it's important. We've touched on this a little bit already, but I really believe it's important to speak for what, speak up for what you want. I'm not saying going to every job and be demanding and say, I want this, this and this. That's not what I mean. I mean, understanding what is important to you and then expressing that to your bosses I'm interested in this opportunity I've done it I got that advice actually when I was very junior in my career it was when I was in the consulting world and we were on different clients and my coach at the time had told me you should you know speak up and say which ones you're interested in because I tell you the majority of people do not speak up and so when you do communicate that you're interested in something they're actually excited that someone wants to take on that project or beyond that client. So that's one thing. I did the same thing when I took my succumbent to LA. I spoke up and I said, hey, I want to try this. 
also money i mean negotiating asking for more money is a big thing and women don't do it enough my husband <laughs> he's always like oh yeah i'm going to negotiate and i'm kind of never do that but i have done it in the past so i think you know and it and it works you know you might not get what you ask for but you might meet halfway so i think that's an important thing in trying to close that wage gap I really believe just speaking up about what you're interested in and what you want is is how how you can progress your career because that's certainly how mine has progressed. And with that, I'm going to ask you the final question. The inspiration for the final question is the same as the inspiration for the show, which is that I went through a period professionally where I didn't feel very confident and I didn't really have any mentors or anyone to guide me through it. So I started this show to do that for anyone who might be looking for that guidance or just looking to feel stronger and more empowered in their career. And so I always love to give this last space to the guest to share whatever they would want to share with anyone listening to either help them through a difficult moment or help them see their own power or really whatever is on your heart that you would want people to know. Well, I think we've talked about it, but I think that you really do have to believe in yourself and believe that you have the power within you to do whatever it is that you choose. I could have never like imagined that I would end up where I did from like a tiny little town or village in England, you know, but I think even though I did like self-confidence, somehow I believed in myself and my abilities. So I really, and once I believe that more strongly, things have progressed, you know, exponentially. So I think, you know, really believing in yourself and, and your power, that's number one. Um, I have a quote that I really like, and I actually have it on my desk. And every time I have self-doubt, I look at it and it, this is it. It's accept and acknowledge your own brilliance. Stop waiting for others to tell you how great you are. Believe it for yourself and about yourself. And that's by Ayanla Vanzet. And she's been on Oprah and I think she has her own show on Oprah's network too. So, um, And I love that quote because I, I look at it and yeah, you know, I always relied on people to tell me that I was doing a good job. And, you know, as you progress, you're not going to get that validation. People will probably tell you when you're not doing a good job, but they're not always going to be like, oh, you're doing great, you know. But I think it's so important that you, if you own what you're good at, then you'll be successful. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. This was so much fun. Yeah, it was great. I'm so happy to have been on. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for tuning into my conversation with Sarah. She's amazing. I'm going to link her Instagram and her blog in the show notes. Please reach out to her. It was so, so generous of her to offer up her contact information and offer up herself as someone to reach out to. So if you're feeling the tug to reach out to her, don't let fear talk you out of it. I would say do it. I will link all of her information in the show notes. And I want to thank you for tuning in. If you've been loving the show and you're wondering what you can do to help, share it with a friend, tell someone about it, or review the show in the iTunes store. Even if you're listening on a different platform, so if you're not listening through the Apple Podcasts app, it's still really, really helpful if you can hop in there and write a review. If you write a review, I would love to shout you out on the show 
So please, in your review, include something about you that I can shout out because I want to start celebrating the listeners. So if you've accomplished something lately, even if it's the tiniest thing or you feel like you're growing in some way, shape or form, please include that in your review so that I can give you some love on the show and make you feel even more bold and more powerful than you're hopefully already feeling. I would say push yourself to do that. Push yourself to maybe get in the spotlight and be seen a little bit bigger because I think it will empower you. I want to thank you so much for listening to the show and please feel free to reach out to me whenever you want. The easiest way is on Instagram. My handle is the name of the show, The Art of Speaking Up. Until then, I will catch you in next week's episode, which I cannot wait for. Have an amazing day. Talk soon. Bye.